it's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street in uptown New Orleans, a place where they pretty much put fine dining into a sandwich and fine booze into a glass. They have a three-hour happy hour every day here between 4 and 7. They have an awesome brunch on the weekends, which is technically Saturday and Sunday. And I see they have new food on the blackboard outside. Is that right? Did you see that? I didn't. Three new things. There's a... uh, what does that say? Can you read that, Carrie, from out there? I can't. No. She says something or other like pork, pork, pork belly, belly gnocchi. Yeah. Pork belly gnocchi. Now, that's a pretty interesting idea. So that's like a Italian pork belly. Uh, what, is an, what is an y- Italian pig called? Uh, I don't know, but gnocchi would be the potato-based pasta. So it would be pasta right. made of potato, right? I guess so. That's sort of unusual to have pork belly, and that might taste pretty good, don't uh, you think? Sure, it does. Pork belly. Uh, pork belly. That's the best. Yes poor little pig but you know andrew duhon is back andrew hey, welcome man. back be it's back. been Good a long time yeah, five been... weeks since you've been gone on the road if you add in didn't we only off just before that i think yeah too, i think so. we had two weeks off for it's been Mardi ages, and it's been a long time yeah. eddie olsen is back on the show eddie hello welcome back i'll tell everybody about you in a minute good to see you for the Good bit of you. the bit that i can see of you you look great <laughs> all i can see is your eyes <laughs> the microphone I'm is the, the microphone it. is the same size as your head <laughs> Are you really tiny or is it I am. an optical illusion? No, I probably am. How tall are you? I'm five, one and a half. Five, one and a half? That yeah. sounds small. Isn't <laughs> it, it is small. It's <laughs> interesting. Max Chung is here hey man, how's from the band Crowns. Is that the correct yes. pronunciation? DJ, but yes, Crowns. The DJ, <laughs> not the band. <laughs> just guy, just d- me. <laughs> you're just at, you are Crowns. Yes, sir. So why the plural? Ah, uh, it sounds cool. I don't know. Sound, sound cool. It sounded say. cool, yeah. Um, um. <laughs> And crowns has no O in it either. No, no vowels. Just no vowels. C R W N S. Straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> Did your publicist approve that? Yeah. Okay. That was dope. It's very difficult to to say that. I mean, I looked at that word when I first saw it. I'm like, I wonder why, how am I supposed to say that? Yeah, a lot of people get confused, but they kind of figure it out. <laughs> well, there aren't many choices for the word crowns. There's no other vowel that would fit in there. Exactly. So you kind of just sound it out. Yeah. Just yeah. It's sort of good for your license plate. Oh, exactly, yeah. Do you have That's a, a great idea. I actually didn't think about that. Really? Yeah. You never thought of that? Another great idea already. We've only been here for one minute. We've already <laughs> had a great idea. And Carrie Roy is here, uh, our friend, the psychic, who's been on the show before. So we should ask you straight off the bat, how's the show going to go today, all right? Fabulous. All Fabulous. right, there you go. See? I knew it was. So, Carrie, good to see you back again. Great to be What's here. What's happened to you in the intervening uh, year or two since we saw you last. Oh, I've just been foretelling the future and gazing into different dimensions and I've had some cool things. I was on uh, the Travel Channel's Dead uh, Files Revisited show. That was quite... Dead Files Revisited? Yes. Yes. Like... They what were, they what had, happened to the first visit? I, they just combed the place, and then they sent me in to get rid of the ghouls. Oh, you do like exorcism? I not exorcism, I did, but, but what do you what would you call it? I would call it just house cleaning, good old New Orleans spiritual there's, style house there's cleaning. Ghosts <laughs> living in people's houses, and you get rid of them, but that's not called an, an exorcism. Is when you're getting rid of it out of possession I'm not of a, a human, priest, right? Too. So okay, I can't so that's really, the difference, right? Yeah, you have to. Exorcism have to, is when it's 
uh, when spirit it's a has possessed a human being. When a spirit has possessed, well, no, there, you can do exorcisms on properties too, but exorcism really are just limited to priests. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you couldn't do one. Mm-hmm. Are you? Is no. it a forceful thing, or is it a diplomatic conversation with this? Spirit. To, I uh, always start out in a friendly way. Mm. Uh, you know, just got to find out why they're there. Mm. You know, it's kind of like the squatter things that are going on these days, right? Sure. You know, you have to go in and find out what's their reason for being there. They smell dead. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, they don't. I don't get that experience, the mm-hmm. olfactory sense. Yeah. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. But some people do. Um, and it just, you go in and you just kind of clean house and try to reason with them. And if they won't reason with them, then you start, mm. you know, then, then you bring well, in the 18. Well, you said something interesting. The first thing you do is find out why they're there. Yeah. Well, why are they there usually? Well, sometimes they're just scared, especially in New Orleans. You know, scared. we have a lot of... Um, Isn't that funny? We're scared of them. And what are they scared of? Well, if you're a very, you know, religious person, you might have done a thing or two that you're a little concerned of having to pay for in the afterlife, so you stay around. Um, another thing is that hey. we're just a great place, and so why wouldn't you stay? You know, I mean... You, you did, but yeah. you think, oh, shit, when I go to heaven, they're going to ask me about the time that I... If you if you go to heaven, you see that's you know if you well why am I well that's why I'm staying here right because I'm scared that Grant I just had a great idea (laughs) that was proffered by the idea that New Orleans is such a great place that that these ghosts want to stick around for a while it really is so why don't we have some of these decrepit homes why don't we sign them up for uh, just spiritual dwellings you know get some ghosts in there like like blighted properties well like an air yeah blighted properties but let the ghosts stay there like an Airbnb we'll call it Air Boo and Boo yeah (laughs) I love that I'm with you on that I'll authenticate each place I I haven't figured out how to turn a profit on it but yeah Yeah, no there's there's an audience there's definitely an audience okay so we rent them out to ghosts or spirits. Well, you know, we invite the spirits, but it's going to have to be like ladies' night where that just brings the dudes. You know, it's the ghosts aren't going to pay anything, so we need somehow to figure out how to monetize this. Well, people will pay a lot of money to spend the night in a haunted house. They do. There Holy are signs all shit, over the yes. quarter, um, you know, real estate signs where it says haunted on it as a, as a, selling, as a selling plus. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Really? People want to buy a haunted yes. house. It's yes. just going to work. You know, you know there's security, a, security. There is a website, is it called uh, died in house. Have you seen this thing? No, that's cool. You can call this guy up. I think it's diedinhouse.com. Chris and I did it. Remember, we 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 called this guy at died in house, and and he tells you, he can tell you who was killed in your house. I like. He's that. not a psychic. It's not psychic. Yeah. It's a. It's a property search. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in some states, it's actually mandatory for realtors to disclose that information right. to potential home buyers mm. that people had died in that home. You know, some people will find that again a plus. It's. I thought that was the reason he did it, because you didn't want. It's like CarMax or something, you know, or mm. Fax or whatever that is. You don't want to, uh, ghost. You facts. don't want to go, yeah. ghost facts. Yeah. Another good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's what he does. Diedinhouse.com, yeah. I think it is. If you're driving around and you got nothing better to do than check that out. So, um, so what happens to the? So you go in and get rid of them, and then well, do I they actually pay you? don't necessarily go in to get rid of them. If people ah. can coexist, um, then you know who are we really to say that the people? What are they? Who, call, but what are they calling you for the Travel Channel? Um, well, I did a particular show um, about a home here that had demonic forces in it, and I had to go in and. Is this on TV? My, we can see yeah, this. you can see it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's season three, episode seven. And what's it called? I mean, uh, what's the show called? Um, afflicted and torn apart. 
Reflecting Ooh. in Torn Apart. Oof. Another good title for our new album. Is this Netflixable? It is Netflixable, yes. You can Sweet. also do it on Amazon. Okay. But that was fun. I mean, it was really an interesting experience to get brought in mm-hmm. um, that out of, you know, an out of town production company um, came in right. and picked up a local to actually come in and take care of business here. And I did it in a very New Orleans way. Um, Drunk. what was the New Orleans way of ghost hunting Um, well it wasn't ghost hunting they actually had already figured out that they were there so it was just going in and clearing it out and and it had been discovered that they were causing all sorts of problems within the home with little children it was it was really it was scary there were little kids involved Hmm. and uh, I went in and little kid ghosts no, or little kids, little living, kids in the house. living in the house who oh. were getting tormented by ghosts, and so uh, just the kids. These kids just can't take it today. Mm. <laughs> well, when we were kids, yeah. we would get tormented by ghosts, oh, yeah. and we would just put up with it constantly. Now but it takes bullying to like a totally different level, you know. I mean, it's, it's these kids are getting fucked up by ghosts. Yeah, I yeah, st- they, were. Have, they were, they were, they were. You see, I still I have pentagram scars on my back. You yeah, know? It's, those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was Metairie back yeah, in the day. Yeah, Metairie, yeah. And Addie, a lot has happened to you since we saw you last. Last time you were here, which is about a year ago, I suppose. Yeah, I think a year ago, you maybe were, today. You were, a year ago today. Well, happy anniversary. <laughs> hmm. You were you were like had been hired to run Buku Fest. Yes. Um, so I'm still ha- I still have the same position with Buku. But you don't. It says here. Look at what they gave me in the bio. Oh well. Listen to this sentence. It says that you've been promoted and that you are now responsible for the festival's budgeting as well as overseeing all of the various departments involved in producing the event from marketing to ticketing to site operations to administration and more. Yeah, I was doing that last year too. But now it says WCP Uh, has been bought by AEG Live, which is a giant company that also I think owns Jazz Fest. Yes, they own Jazz Fest. And so now you've also assumed the role of marketing and administrative director for the worldwide live entertainment company's Gulf Coast Regional Office. Yeah, no, it's been Good an exciting job. year. Uh, yes. We were acquired I, in July. Um, so AEG bought Winter, Winter Circle. Circle. Yep. So now AEG owns Buku Fest and whatever else. No, they actually own, we still co-produce Buku with Hookah Entertainment, which is another local um, event production company. And AEG owns a portion of Winter Circle's shares in Buku. Oh, geez, but Winter, complicated. it's complicated. So but Winter Circle <laughs> is an AEG live company now. Okay, so the bottom line is there's two or three big giant festival production companies in, in America. Yeah, pretty much. Live Nation, live Nation, AEG, and then SFX actually, they're kind of going under right now. They just canceled Tomorrow World today, actually. Say that again. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Whoa. Did you know that? Yeah, another filed they for just, bankruptcy or something. Just, yeah, yeah, there was so quantum one of the physics or something <laughs> right there. They just yeah, canceled Tomorrow, Tomorrow World today. today. Yeah. That's like, you know, <laughs> quantum physics. <laughs> <laughs> what is Tomorrow World? It's a large event um, outside of Atlanta. They have Tomorrow Land in Belgium. So it's the U.S.-based event. It's um, one of the biggest music festivals. Like, everyone knows who that is if you're in the scene, so... Everyone knows. Yeah. Okay, so it's like a, it's what kind of music? It's the same as Buku? That's like actually all electronic. electronic. Um, right. It's probably one of the largest electronic focused music festivals in the world. Um, and it went under. It went under. And what would the reason be for that? Lots of 
issues, I think, with the company. Um, Robert Sellerman, who kind of founded uh, Clear Channel Live Nation back in the day, um, he tried to do the same thing basically in the EDM sphere right. um, over the past few years, and I don't think it's been going so well. So they've gone bankrupt recently. And I know last year they had a terrible year. Like it rained out one day, and yeah. like they had thousands of fans like waiting to get in and it was just a huge like clusterfuck I guess can I swear is that cool yep. yes. um, <laughs> but yeah so last year was a huge disaster I think that really hurt them too so wow yeah. okay well that's big, that's big news and, I know and what is that good for people like you or is it bad it actually? could be good for people like me because you know we can uh, produce competing events um, during that time of year that you know the fans might choose to go to over Tomorrow World so people would travel to New Orleans to go to Buku rather than... Well, Buku actually is not really competing because it's a completely different time of year. And Buku is a very boutique event, and it's not just EDM. Right. We have hip-hop and indie and rock. Um, but we might choose to do a big you know, EDM-focused event during that time of year in New Orleans, what which I think we have one um, hopefully confirming. If, F is, if, oh. F, sorry, if SFX is going under and this festival is as popular as you guys are talking about, would it be realistic for AEG to buy Tomorrow World? Um, it's not out of the question for either Live Nation or another big company to purchase some of the, some of the SFX assets. Um, one of those being Tomorrow World. But I really don't know. I don't even know. Well, why would you None. pay for that, though? What is it to buy? Well, if, if, if the buy? name is, you know. Yeah, the name oh, the name. Yeah. You know, okay. I'm not really sure. I don't know if they know what their next step is going to be yet. What if you just called it Tomorrow World and they, I mean, if they've gone <laughs> under, they're not going to be in much of a position to sue you, are yeah. they? Spell it. Just don't use vowels. <laughs> yeah, take crowns. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, Chop out go. the O's. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Brought to you by crowns. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That, well, so that's big. So anyway, if you got to, does that mean you could move on now to do other stuff? Like you're, with, you're part of like a big, bigger company. Can you move on and do? Um, we've, I mean, Winter Circle has definitely remained like very autonomous, even with our new role as like the Gulf Coast office for AEG. Um, so they've kind of just, we've been able to tap into AEG's resources with, um, you know, their, you know, accounting and you know talent buying and stuff like that but for the most part we're kind of just booking shows as we usually would and producing them as we usually would and they're not going to fire you and do all that kind of thing no okay so the biggest question of all is though now that AEG owns jazz fest can you get us jazz fest tickets mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't <laughs> know AG, well AEG partners with festival right productions now? which is you know quint and right um well he's not going to give us tickets we already know that yeah so i That's if i can't get tickets be. then i don't know if i can get you them <laughs> But they won't even. AEG owns the festival, or they partner. I haven't really tried to get tickets for Jazz Fest yet. This is kind of our first go around. Right. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> you have your phone. Oh, you have your phone right here. Let's call yeah. AEG. <laughs> you, you are AEG. You are AEG. Can't you just call up and say, "Hey, I need uh, twenty Jazz Fest tickets." We could try. Okay. What's your official position, and what do you call? Um, with the festival or with our office, local office. Yeah, with AEG. Kind of uh, marketing and administrative director for the Gulf Coast regional office okay yeah so that's sort of a big deal yeah it's, it's really exciting for me so i think i'm probably one of the youngest yeah. directors and, sh and in shortest the company. For sure. and probably the shortest Absolute. for sure yeah <laughs> five foot one and a half yeah and that's you're efficient the you know? yeah that's awesome well yeah. congratulations thank you 
Very nice. And did you hire Max? No, but we work. Uh, we booked Max on our well, festival. Booked, I suppose actually. I should have said the word booked. Yeah. So um, do you book the music? I don't book the music. I have booked a few acts before. Like last year, I booked Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay, that's a pretty it was big fun deal. Because and I wanted to you do that. You tie with them or what? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just kind of, it was a cold call, actually. Ooh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, but Dante, um, my boss, he actually books all the talent. Did you so. call up and say, tell me what you want? Yeah, do. pretty much. <laughs> 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 um, but outside of that, I really haven't booked anyone. <laughs> it's pretty strong, though. Yeah, I that's put my that on one booking. Yeah, I can put that on the resume. Yeah, sure. that's, that's very impressive. <laughs> it is. So, Max, are you from here, New Orleans, or what? I'm actually from Chicago. Um, I'm a Tulane student. I'm a senior right now at Tulane, so I'm finishing up my last semester here, but I'm originally from Chicago. I grew up What all. are you studying? I'm a philosophy major. Nice, dude. Yes. That's interesting. But obviously music is my passion, so I have a good backup in case it doesn't work out. Well, not good. Not a good backup to make money. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what everyone so. says. They're like, oh, you don't want to work a day in your yeah. life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Good yeah. idea. In case the music career doesn't work out, you can be a philosopher. philosopher. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, just, yeah. you know, think all day. <laughs> what, what is philosophy exactly these days at Tulane? What do you... Um, right now I'm doing a lot of ethics and stuff like that. I'm taking medical ethics, which is really cool class. Hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did philosophy at Tulane too. I minored actually. Oh really? Did okay, you, cool. Did you do yeah. medical ethics? You could give me. I don't your think paper. I did that. Um, I did existentialism and um, Buddhist. We had I had kind of fun courses. Did a lot of like. Yeah, I that's know, a good time. Interesting mm-hmm. classes. Right. Is that what you're doing? Fun stuff, or fun is it, stuff? I thought philosophy was hard. Uh, it can be. It can be. It Definitely. depends. It gets a lot more. You know, you get more deep into it, but it's not too bad, I guess. I don't it's know. like an easy course. I thought. It depends what you take. I mean, it depends on the medical professor. ethics. I mean, yeah. What are the uh, What are the questions? Is it okay to kill somebody? Well, actually, yeah, it's like euthanasia, abortion, right. uh, stuff like that. Are there answers to these things? Like you got it right. That's the thing with philosophy. There's never like a right answer. There's just theories. You know, you can never actually prove anything. So, so what are they teaching you there about? Suppose someone's like in a hospital dying, and the doctor has a choice of turning off the respirator. Mm-hmm. How How do you step into that? What's What's your position on that? Well, What's there's the a lot of different ways to look at it. You've got to look at it through different, like, theoretical frameworks, I guess. Like, a utilitarianism would think whatever promotes the most happiness for the most people. So maybe, you know, doing euthanasia and killing that person will promote the most happiness for everyone. So that's one way to look at it. But um, we just apply ethics and, like, the teachings to, like, it's applied ethics. So it's, like, abortion, euthanasia, cloning. Cloning was interesting. Um, but, yeah, just stuff like that. <laughs> so I, I have a question for you. So... Uh, I imagine that your music is instrumental, yeah? Uh, you could say that, yeah. Okay. So do you feel like, is there some point at which in the future you think that your interest in philosophy and these subjects might uh, uh, intersect your desire to be creative in the musical sense with some sort of lyrical message? You know, you, you know eventually you're going to come, I'm sure you already have, come upon you know contradictions in our present day and time that mm-hmm. maybe you have an opinion on these ethical issues. Uh, do you find that you start to want to say something or is that something that maybe doesn't belong in your creativity? Uh, I mean definitely like as an artist I'm always trying to be creative in as many ways as possible not just music just because it make, makes you like better as an artist in general mm. and I'm actually working on an original song right now with this vocalist from Tulane this girl Sophia Chanel and I'm helping her write the whole lyrics and it's cool. uh, one of our first big releases as, as like an original crown song Mm-hmm. So that's definitely like an instance of that, and sure. always trying to do more with the creative side of that, like lyrics and songwriting and everything. So you clearly, as a philosopher or someone who studies philosophy, you like like you just said, you recognize that maybe there isn't a final answer. So would that lead you in studying this thing to decide that maybe you don't want to put a real message out there in terms of you know uh, like a protest song or something that really has a. a, a 
a message maybe contrary to the way things are going or something, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, something that you want to say politically maybe or, or mm -hmm. uh, in, in whatever respect in that way. Do you find that being, understanding that there is no end, end to the means, you know, is it a good reason to put something out there that will exist that way forever? You know what I mean? Well, you know, one thing I like about music is that everything is subjective. You know, I put right. out a song and it means something to me, but right. everyone who listens to it will interpret it in their own way. So or you could say, fuck the police, and then it could mean Then the, that it means fuck the police, right? There's only one meaning there, but... Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, with EDM music, too, it's hard to kind of drive home, like, a super, you know, important message, because it's, again, right. mostly, like, instrumental. It's mostly right. for people to dance and have fun, to on yeah. the weekends. and that's an interesting intersection in its own right, the fact that you're you're doing an in EDM thing, which is a, a high-energy dance thing, and, and then having... A day life, which uh, you know, you're, you're you have these quandaries about exactly philosophical. And it's interesting you bring that up because there really isn't a lot of DJs or producers right now that are doing that that have like a big message like that, like a political mm -hmm. message or just anything right. behind their music. So yeah, that's cool. I think for the most part, it's unintentional too. Mm -hmm. It's like what comes across during the experience for the people that are listening to it. Let's take EDM a listen to it in yeah. general. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's take a listen to a song. What are we going to listen to? Uh, this is my new remix. I actually dropped yesterday. It's a remix of a Nightmare song. Who's an artist also playing at Buku? Yep. Uh, super dope DJ. But it's called Street, and it's my remix, Crowns. I have a question before we play it. So when you say uh, that you're remixing a DJ's song, yes. How? What, what happened? What did Nightmare do to create this song? So it's Nightmare's original song. It's his own. He created it all from scratch, mm -hmm. basically. So it's his original song. He didn't use samples. He didn't take right. anyone else's work. Yeah. So I'm basically taking what he gave the world and reinterpreting it through my style and in my own way. Cool. And it's a remix. So. Mm -hmm. Well, for those of us who are not musicians, what does it exactly mean? What is there? A, you taking each individual track? Yeah. So uh, remixes, I just take. Um, the original song and just use that as kind of like a building block and I start with that and I take it apart and use different sections and warp them in different ways. So, so can you take it apart? I mean, do you take the drums? Can you treat the drums, the bass and the guitar well, separately as different tracks? Those are more for like official remixes when artists give you stems which are basically tracks to each different possible like the right. vocals the drums the bass line yeah, the sense I mean. everything but so what do you do this one actually uh, I didn't have the stems for I kind of just like made it work so I kind of listened to the song and was able to isolate different sections on my own and just produce everything else so you scratch. put you actually put stuff on top of it yeah you, I mean if you listen to the original and then the remix you'll tell that they're both kind of like it's the, the remix is coming from the original but it's completely reinterpreted in like a whole different song so, so could I do this could I get Nightmare's song and just talk over it and then call that uh, a remix. Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, that's all you, man. You should do that for sure. I should, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's take a listen to your version yes, let's do of it. Nightmare's song called Street.
was better on these headphones because it sounds 10 times better when like on a real what are you talking system. about this is a <laughs> this is a expensive shit we've got here yeah, we got mind. this on amazon have you heard of amazon never heard of it come man. on so that's pretty cool stuff thank you man and that and that, that type of that genre of music is called future bass yeah i mean i'm always trying to like blend genres more and kind of blur the lines between what's like future bass what's trap what's dubstep all that stuff so i mean i, I think the big term would be future bass but there's a lot of different genres in i wouldn't sure. know the t- difference at all between <laughs> any of these do you andrew are you up with well, any of those differences uh, no but i think it's just like you know you're not a wine drinker so you don't know what a merlot tastes yeah, like yeah, yeah exactly. right right exactly. it's pretty sophisticated the the differences between those mm. do people who go to these like buku and x Tomorrowland or whatever that was called <laughs> world tomorrow tomorrow world tomorrow, tomorrow world yeah. today yeah. Do they? Do people know the differences, like the average listener? I'd say for the most part too. It gets like a lot more specific. Like there's like the big umbrella genres like house music. Everyone knows what house music is. But then there's like bass house and future house and deep house, and it just keeps going. And there's yeah. more and more niches for each genre. So, but but people who go to Buku would know that. So you, when you book bands, you book representatives of each. Yeah, of and those. I think we also program each of the stages to kind of fit certain genres as well like our back alley stage is more like deep house disco um so people that are more prone to that style of music like that stage more than the float in stage which is like the big room house the trap the dubstep so and if you're listening to this uh in 2016 in the first half of the year what when is buku in new orleans it is march 11th and 12th well that's coming right up it's coming up so next not week. this weekend Holy but next crap, weekend yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you listen to this after March 11th and 12th, you've missed it, but it'll be coming around again next year, I assume. Yes. And can you travel around the country to see other shows like Buku? Yeah, there's it's tons of festivals out there. Um, are you guys res- involved in anything else? And what do you do all year after this is going to be on? What do you do, March we the 13th? Actually, we produce around 100 concerts a year in New Orleans. <laughs> a hundred? Yeah. A hundred so we work at the Joy Theater. Mm-hmm. Yep. How is it even possible? That's <laughs> how many weeks are there? There's only 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. And then there we have Mardi Gras. That's, you know, in Jazz Fest. Yeah, I we'll have a uh, late night show almost every night of Jazz right. Fest. A few of them have already sold out. So You're doing 100 shows a year. Holy yeah. crap. You personally are working on 100 shows well, a year. Well, our office, there's four people that work there full time. And then we have a few part time employees as well. That's not many people to do. I know it's shows really not. <laughs> Where would we see what kind of shows you're doing? It spans across all genres. Like we do a lot of EDM at Republic, which is one of, one of the venues that we work in. But um, you know, we do everything from hip hop to indie to rock. We've done like Dr. John, like New Orleans style musicians. Uh, we do comedy. We did Louis C.K., Mark Marin. Um, How does this work? Do you contract 
you you get the artist. Yeah, so we and you find book a place the artists, to do it. and right. then we have relationships with almost every venue in the city. So we work with um, the Republic, the Joy Theater, the Orpheum, the High Hill Lounge. Um, we're doing Mumford and Sons at Zephyr Field, which will be like one of the first big concerts at Zephyr Field, and we're probably going to have seventeen thousand people. Um, it's on pace to sell out. That's on April 9th. So Zephyr Field is the baseball. Yeah. Place. So they don't have shows there before. This is the first. I think one. they've done one or two before. Um, they did like a free event, a radio station did, um, but they haven't really done like a ticketed concert there. Hmm. So we're actually laying down flooring on the field, and both yeah. like the bleachers and the field are going to be open for fans. Right. Yeah. How, how interesting. And what sort of background did you have that? Gave you the knowledge to do all this. Well, I went to Tulane, and I think I knew since Philosophy high school. Philosophy minor. Yeah. No. <laughs> what, did you, what did you major? I majored in com and political science. Well, that so, doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't really have much to do with the music industry. But I knew since I was, I think, in high school that I wanted to work in the music industry in some way or another. Um, I started just, like, producing, or me and my friend basically threw a party. And we, you know, booked some bands. We, you know, got lighting and video and sound. We uh, paid. A, it was in Atlanta when I was growing up um, in high school, um, and that was like the first real taste of the business that I got. What it was to very fulfilling. Um, she's living in Denver right now. She's actually coming down for Buku. She comes every year. So what does she do now? Um, she just graduated, and now she's kind of bartending and serving and trying to look for some other jobs too. she started out with you and she just graduated and now you're the regional manager of a <laughs> no she concert. has a lot going on for sure she doesn't awesome. sound like it <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you left her in the dust no. a poor thing no what's her name first name only. Allie. Allie. Yeah. okay she's great okay and you she could hire Allie now couldn't you, you could well she lives in Denver so you know we we're, we're long distance best friends would she move down here She's, she lived down here for a little bit last year, actually, right. um, but well, she decided Carrie, to move back up can there. You tell, could you tell her what's going to happen? Can you <laughs> what, s- yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, yeah, can you Allie. see that kind of future Allie, oh yeah, as a psychic? I do, yeah. I, I mean, you I could tell anyone anything. people what's going on in their world. But what you know for sure what's going to happen up. just like that. I so know, yeah, I do know. So you might need to get to know, like, the situation better. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But what I get about her right now is actually that juggling is the best thing for her to do. And yeah. that's just... Can she juggle? That's true. She's yeah. a juggler, for No, she's sure. juggling. She she's juggling a lot. Of, uh, yeah. Not literally, but... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> juggling. I thought she was coming to Buku with a juggler. Because they have those <laughs> yeah, things like, at Buku. Oh, yeah, we we do have jugglers at yeah. Buku, and we're going to have a giant goblin this year, too, so... Ooh. Giant goblin. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So Allie's moving down here. You're, you're predicting that? Not yet. No. Not yet. No, no, she's no, not. She's not. She's no, got too many no, things. Too many things balls in the air. And, and those balls are good for her to have up in the air. Right. So yeah. They are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So can you look around the table here and tell everybody what's going to happen to them? I'm not asking you to do that, but can you do that? Could I? That's what I do. Can that's what stop, a psychic does. Can you does. stop yourself doing that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I'd love to hear at, a little you're bit. You're not looking at Max it's and going, oh, no, he's going to be killed in a car. <laughs> tell me. I would love to know. It's, it's yeah. spying. It's I consider spying. it kind of spying. Okay. So or observing. It's, it's, yeah, well, if you're, if you're kind of looking at people who are not asking and open to get a okay. reading, then it's a, I feel like it's an invasion of privacy. You know, mm. I mean, I, okay. I, I don't want to have all of these like trying Quit to break in like the that. I'm open <laughs> I, I want just like a little piece of information yeah I get travel with you that's just what travel? I keep getting up coming uh, up with you I yeah. really get I do that. love travel it, yeah. no but it's there's also stuff going on oh, in the business for you that's okay. kind of involving travel what about and, me and 
Um, philosophy, that's just... I, I also was a philosophy minor. Oh, wow. <laughs> Here we go. So we are batting, you know, yeah. really That's how producer Graham DePonte, she's got a sort of sixth sense about talking. <laughs> Putting us all together. She must have yeah. known that you were all philosophy yeah. minors. <laughs> but but I, I feel like it's always... Um, a, you're, you're just a, an inventive thinker. You know, you're always looking for new formulas for things and looking for new formulas musically mm-hmm. is actually also the same thing as kind of looking through for new formulas in thinking which is philosophy yeah. basically you okay, know yeah philosophy awesome, or yeah. formulas That's you know and so, sure, yeah. so um but i so i feel that you are kind of trying to find a happy medium for the two because i don't see you walking away from one or the other okay. i just feel like you're committed to both of them uh-huh. uh, yeah there i am happy happy um <laughs> but you're good at balancing that so okay. you know I, I feel like that's i don't see anything wrong with that you know Perfect. would you do you tell people bad things if you could see something terrible if it's something like give up could, the music oh i've told okay. people to walk you away have. from. oh yeah absolutely. all right bring it yeah. let's hear it yeah. come on <laughs> <laughs> okay look across the table at andrew duhon let's do this come on i get writing with you so i don't mm. know what your if what your deal is with writing but i get mm. a lot of writing coming up for you yeah um uh and it feels that um there's something with a, a, a difficulty with a home. So I don't, have hmm. you been working on moving or doing something differently with where you're living? Hmm. Just got home. Just Maybe I just home. got home from the road a little bit. That could be it. I'm home just home. Home is yeah. just a big, it, it just feels like home is a big thing for you hmm. right now. So, But yeah. I also feel like there's some changes going around the home. So that does not right this red hot second, just looking am, into future. Okay. You know. Relationship type changes you're talking about? No, just she said with the home, Grant. <laughs> just the home, all right? Don't instigate now. Don't instigate this. Okay. But I've told people things that uh, they don't want to hear. I mean, it's kind well, of. Well, I'm going to ask you a question that nobody wants to hear right now. Oh, I, I know I'm what sure. You're gonna, I know. I, know it's, every, I, I already know. I'm sure what you know. What ask me. Yeah, everybody yeah, yes, ha- is yeah. going to want to know. And if you listen to this in 2016, before November <laughs> yeah, the 9th, yeah, or whatever, yeah. I know exactly what who you're is going to be the I'm president gonna, of the United yeah, States. I am not going to say. Oh, oh you got to tell us. <laughs> no, because you it, get away it, with well, that. this is this is the deal. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with kind of the fall of Troy, the story of the fall of Troy, but Cassandra was the seeress. She was the oracle. And she was a priestess who ran around saying, you know, I mean, Troy is burning, Troy is burning, don't do this, Troy is burning. Well, they, like, slapped her in, you know, confinement and really treated her terribly. It's called shooting the messenger, right? right? So I'm not even doing it. No one's going to hold you responsible if Donald Trump is elected president or Hillary Clinton is elected president. How could you be responsible for that? Not responsible for it, but they shoot the messenger. Why would someone shoot? That's just... That's human nature. People, you know, on things like that, I'm going to... This is also another reason. People need to get out and vote. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And well, so if I'm sitting here and saying, okay, you know, Bernie gonna Sanders say, okay. is going to win, is Hillary's going to win, awesome. Trump's going <laughs> to win, you know, all of this stuff, people shouldn't leave it. What? Whoa. People... <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I'm te- well. That, that's here we go again. right? Um, so, um, I feel yeah. like people should not, in in areas like this, look to somebody like me. They should pay attention to the issues. They should get out and vote, and they should do their best to change the country. And so, 
<laughs> in instances like that, I mean, it's all well and good. Oh, Hillary's going to win. Oh, Trump's going to win. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> Could you write on a piece of paper? Get your passports ready just in case. You know what I mean? Either way. Could you write it on a piece of paper and then we could unseal it at the, at the end of the election and see if you were right? In, in this in, in this in this particular election, I am going to say this: you do not need to be a psychic to know who is going to win this election. Oh, really? That's how I feel about that. But that's so but that's always that's the way it I goes. Feel about that. Everybody <laughs> always thinks that. Every time there's a presidential election, it's either going to be somebody or somebody else. No, and I, you always think so and so is going to win, and then you're horrified when the the other guy wins, or you're you knew it all along when your guy wins. Mm-hmm. So how different mm-hmm. is that this time? I mean, there's just the two candidates, mm-hmm. two very unusual candidates. Mm, not very unusual. I mean, really, well, when you think about it. One yeah. was ever, ever, as a business person who's never been in politics in his life. But they're not unusual. And it, I mean, in in, histori- in the history of politics, we've been up against, you know, candidates like this as long as I've been voting. We've, you never, know? Had a so woman, we've never had a woman run for president in the no, history we of the United States. And we've, no. I don't know if there's ever been a person who has had no political experience ever and is a billionaire. No, yes, no, there yes, haven't. I mean, Ross but Perot but tried. archetypal, archetypically, this is what we deal with every single election. Archetype. You know, in what in well, let's the, the the archetype of, you know, who I mean, don't, doesn't everybody Trump represents a certain archetype? You know what I mean? The the outsider, and and Hillary Clinton represents you know the warrior you know the warrior candidate we've been dealing with people like this and one of the reasons that i think that this is such Mm. a heated political thing is that people are tired of dealing with the same type of like cookie cutter people that's why we elected obama we wanted a revolution but we didn't get a revolution we just got more of the same and this time i think everybody wants a revolution yeah i don't think we're gonna get a revolution we're not gonna get a revolution we've got that we've got that predicted yeah yeah so nothing's gonna change um, change is really difficult. I mean, everybody wants to think politically that one president comes in and changes the whole thing. It's a system yeah. that's got to change. And it's gradual, And too. it is gradual. And so I, I don't think that, you know, even if we have one of the outsiders come in, it's a process. You know, people think that I, I hear a lot of people talk about President Obama not doing things and you know, he, there there are other branches of government that have to work this stuff out. So. Well, that's the ultimate truth: is that the president yeah. is not the king; he's only the he's president. He's still, that's he's what that's the system. Manchurian candidate. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole idea of the system, yes. right? So that you yeah. can't have some. That you sort can't of have that. Yeah. Crazy despot. Yeah. But um, could you do something? I mean, can you tell? Like, could you write to one of these candidates or call them up and say, "Listen, if you want to win, you need to do X, Y, Z." At this point, I. Well, could you? Could can you I? see like? In, well, I cannot believe this person is making that ridiculous mistake. Of course. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. that's kind of what I... I mean, that's what I do as a psychic is I look yeah, but if and they're not then asking see obstacles. You, okay, so if they're not asking you, it's, it's no like one knows about you. Hillary doesn't know you exist or Trump doesn't know you exist. Could you write to them or call them and say, hey, listen? No. I want I you mean, to win. It's not my you can't my thing like isn't going to go through any quicker than anybody else's letter you know I no mean, but if you could see something though i mean other people can't everyone people's got opinions well i can see stuff but that doesn't mean that people listen you know what i mean again unsolicited advice is look, not usually i got mm-hmm. this thing right here on, sure. your, on your bio it says that you're a recommended best psychic and medium to see in the usa by bbc yes. the yes. bbc the british yes. broadcasting yes. Wow. Okay. it's true yes. now they're they're pretty well known to d- deal in facts yes so if we got a hold of somebody and said look read this Mm-hmm. This is the person I'm talking about. 
we'd have to be able to get through. Eddie can fucking get through to Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, she then can, let's do that. She can let's get do through that. to somebody okay, we'll for you. Yes, absolutely. Eddie, couldn't she's you get through the, to some? She's got the power. I tell you, she's, she's she does right. Okay, she's got the power. So all right, she could so do she could get so. through for you to someone's office. And yeah. you could tell them. Oh, but listen. But have we not been trying to say these things for a long time and nobody listens? I go back to my point. Well, no one's going to listen to me, but they might listen well, to you. If we, were to, if we were to take it from a philosophical angle, mm-hmm. so uh, assuming that uh, psychics are a real thing, mm-hmm. um, it seems like there's two possibilities. Either you can see the future and it can't be changed, mm-hmm. or you can see the future and it can. Uh, and if it can, then it's a really scary thing that there are these psychics that can see the future and can change it. Uh, because they can see what is not inevitable, mm-hmm. but going to happen should mm-hmm. anything else happen. That sounds mm-hmm. like a good recipe for an assassin to me. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's because uh, you've got a second twisted mind. But maybe the other side of it is maybe you can see it and it can't be changed. I struggle to figure out how that's a possibility, considering you're a sentient being with free will. Um, and you could change order to be an assassin if you wanted to. I don't think it's either or. I think yeah. we live in a very flexible universe, okay? So mm-hmm. I think that you can have certain things that are meant to be, that are, you know, but I also think that you can have free will in accordance to that. I think one of the problems that we have right now is that people are very, very myopic in what their one idea and their one thought about one thing is mm-hmm. when it's possible to have multiple thoughts about right. the same thing. Totally and with you. So um, you can have free will, you know, like mm. I can I can change this, but I think there are certain things that are really yeah. set. Yeah. And so those are the things that when you're asking me if I'm going to tell somebody who's going to die, you know what I mean? If there's nothing that I can do about that, do you think it's a value to tell somebody that they're going to die a minute before they do? No, it really isn't, you know, because then you, you said in, you could tell me to buy a bike helmet or, uh, or or something yeah or if there's a don't yeah. drive or sure if there's something that can be done about it yeah but don't if there go to buku fest and look at that goblin <laughs> <laughs> that's going to only do you good honey that'll okay. only do you but good. you could say that right so that's interfering in a positive way yes right. if it's, again if it, i don't okay it, so so you mm-hmm. could you so what andrew's question is which is a great question is you mm-hmm. can change the outcome of events well, doesn't this go back to that old Star Trek episode, right? Where where they go doesn't in everything. with the with the gangsters and and the they try to save the woman who is going to eventually save the world. There's a whole you know. Well, there's we lots go of back? science fiction stories. Yeah, there is back a lot. to the future. Yeah, even. Yeah, you know, all they're about all that. about trying changing. to change that. Yeah, we go yeah, back and change moment. one little thing, and that yeah. will affect everything else. Yes. Yeah. If so and so wasn't born, then that would never happen. Yeah. But notwithstanding, mm-hmm. you can't. You could. You could alter the outcome of, say, the general election? I don't think I'm that powerful. I mean, I think if I could alter the outcome of the general election, that I would have done it a long time ago and we wouldn't be where we are right now. <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, really. Half an hour at a shooting range and you could be that powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, it, I so, don't... So can you alter that? You can alter the future, though, right? I can't you can't. Al- inter- you, well, can't you can't affect... I would hope Whether or not that was predetermined, even that change was predetermined, you still can do it. I hope so. I hope that that's okay. one of the things that I do is to positively... Max has got a thought. You know. Well, yeah, it's just a paradox because if you do change the future, maybe you were always... That was the future, future was for yes. you to change it. So it yes. goes back and forth. You can't really... Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of is a, is a mind fuck, so I don't know. Well, would the future be exactly the same whether you actually did that or not? Some other way? Would it yeah. happen the same exact There's way? There's a show actually on Hulu with James Franco right now produced mm-hmm. by J.J. Abrams and Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, this character that's going back in time to... Pre- to 
try to prevent the Kennedy assassination. Uh-huh. And every time he goes back into the future and then comes back into the present world, it's all changed. And it's, it's really interesting. James Franco's already yeah. beaten us to it. I and know. then you also throw in this stuff about parallel universes and alternate realities. Mm-hmm. And so there are some schools of thought where every potential outcome is actually existing, you know, in, like in, another, in universe, another universe yeah. or in an at alternate the same reality time. at the same time. Yes. So if you, let's say you and I are walking down the street and you decide to make a right and I say, hey, let's go straight. You know, we go straight, but there is an aspect why, of why are we you doing it your that way? is, well, I'm just. <laughs> why don't we go sh- take a turn my way? Well, see, here's you the perfect thing I'm about go- this. I'm, I'm taking the turn as well as going straight is what you were saying. Yes. And so the thing, the beauty of oh, that wow. is, is that you know, all decisions are becoming manifest in some nature, some mm-hmm. reality, some existence. And that's, that's awful fun. So there's you know parallel I mean? universes in different dimensions. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I believe I'm the philosopher Ashton Kutcher said something about <laughs> that. <laughs> no, actually, there's people like Dean Radin and other, other right. you know, scientists but out there who are But really we can pontificate this about this as much as we want. Sure. Because we don't know whether it's, will we ever know whether we're right? Will there ever be an answer to this? I've I've had answers in my life when I get to a certain point, don't you? I mean, when I don't, when don't you? That's are you <laughs> no, I mean, seriously asking we, me that? But I mean, don't we all get to a point where we, you know, have hindsight? You know, what I do is I try to give foresight to hindsight. But as human beings, we get to that point where we go, I was right. You know, I followed that hunch. This is what happened. I was right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Aren't you always right though? Given that. That's where it had oh, to turn see, out. now here we, here we go again. <laughs> Up yeah. until someone else who can see the future changes it because she can or he can see the same thing and, and, you know, fucks it up or something. I feel like they're the only agents who can see it and therefore would be so drastic as to change it. But then again, if every possibility is happening all the time at the same moment, is that what you're saying as well? Is that really happening? I... I, so I'm here. I, I doing kind of I, my psychic inkling is that that is the case, right. you know. But I, I'm going to leave it to theoretical physics to kind of hash you, can that you out reach into across dimensions. Someone like you and pull things from one dimension to another. So like in another beans? dimension, no, or well like I don't know anything. I would put some. I would pull money. <laughs> yeah. Well, could we get some? I would could put we get some, some tickets for Jazz Fest? <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of money, Andrew. Today's show is brought to us by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or you have a crazy schedule, the folks at Petite Pet Care will take care of your pet in his or her own home. For loving care when you're not there, you can go to PetitePetCare.com and have Christy take care of your cat or dog or ferret. Uh, Also, thanks to Basic Swim and Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. Basic Swim and Gym is on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. And thanks to the Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent or cure a hangover. Go to their website. It's called hdestroyer.com. And if you write the words happy hour in the coupon code, you'll get 30% off of your first order of Hangover Destroyer. What do you think about that idea? And you too can seize the dawn. Carrie, what do you think of Hangover Destroyer? What vibe are you getting about that? Is this going to be a huge success? I think it really helps to affect people's futures if they take Hangover Destroyer. I really think that it really (laughs) will send them in a more positive direction. Okay. Remember, you heard it here on Happy Hour. Thanks, Andrew. Well, you've got the guitar in your hand. Where have you been? You went on a tour for five weeks. Yeah. I saw you on Facebook fishing in... (laughs) 
Key West. Key yeah. West with yeah. a whole bunch of fish. And what else? That's about the last one. It wasn't one. a whole bunch. We fished like every day, Grant. That was not a lot of fish. <laughs> Um, well, where have you been? What did well, you do? Well, we, uh, what happened was we got voted on this music cruise. Oh, and right. being a folky, solely songwriter, I, I always, I was envious of the jam bands, you know, because I thought only jam bands get to go on music cruises. Right. But apparently there's a songwriter cruise now. There's a cruise for everything now, by the way. I don't know yeah. if you guys know this. Um, yeah, well, thanks to you know everybody who voted for oh, you, right, by yeah. the way. That was, that's, that's a fact. That we was got, very kind We of were a late listeners. entry and therefore had to be voted on. So, yeah, it's, it's indeed uh, completely due to the folks that voted for us. But um, So you got on the boat here in New Orleans? No, no, we got on the boat in Miami. In Miami, okay. Yep. And, and where'd uh, you go? Just uh, Cozumel, nope, 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 um, um, St. Martin and Tortola. That's where we went. I don't even, have you it, guys it, been to any of those places? It was a quick afternoon. You know, the places weren't really the memorable part. You know, playing a few shows for a couple of thousand people on a boat, you know, who are just strictly about this demographic is pretty cool. Yeah, that's really So cool. that was amazing. Uh, it was strange, you know, like it's just a floating buffet, really. You right. Know? And, uh, but, uh, yeah, hope to do it again next year. It's called the Kayamo Music Cruise, and it was amazing. And who else was on there? Anybody? Did you hear anybody sure. who you loved? Oh, yeah. Um, there was John Prine, John Hyatt, John Steve Earle. Prine, John uh, Hyatt and Lucinda Steve Lucinda Williams, uh, wow. Jason Isbell. What? Wow. Uh, Chris Stapleton. Uh, you yeah, hanging out with any of these people? people? You know, what What I think happens is uh, everybody who goes out, goes on the boat, is really pumped about being on a boat with all these people. So you end up talking to a lot of folks and... Um, I think by the time that you run into another artist, you just have that sense of they probably been talking to a lot of people. I don't want to bug them, right. and uh, you feel that. You know, I had a couple of passing moments with some heroes, but uh, so you're kind of I trapped in this like yeah, in a concert. It's a like going bit. to play and, a show, and, and you I can't think, leave. I think some of the people revel in that fact that you are trapped on this boat. And I feel like you know, I'm not that popular, but I feel like the real popular artists might that might wear on them after seven days, you know, <laughs> of, of just being on a boat with these fans. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a real thing. Cause so someone who's, like, famous, like Lucinda Williams yeah, or John Prine or sure. whatever, who everybody knows. And don't be wrong, everybody's going to be graceful, and everybody's going to want to talk to their fans. Yeah, but they can't. But for seven days in a row, it might, you know, start to wear on people. Yeah, I mean, you can't do anything. You couldn't leave yeah. your cabin without everyone, and everyone there knows who you are. It's, right. even, it's even worse than going to the supermarket. Yeah, you wouldn't see them on the pool deck, you know, put it right. that way. So yeah. what did you do all day when you're not playing for seven days? Drink a lot of coffee. Um put the gin in the mouthwash bottle and just drink that you know <laughs> uh, did you did you write anything on the boat yeah i wrote a couple of things but i think travel and writing are becoming mutually exclusive i just have mm. to like admit that to myself Not really the boat was all right because we did have a lot of downtime but the rest of it just the road especially without having the manager with us to be the tour manager at the time there's just so much uh about the logistics of getting in one place to, from one place to another if i'm gonna Try to handle all that now that you know I don't push the pen much when, right. when we're out there. too much to think about. Yeah. Mm. What are you gonna play here? Today? Play a new one. It's nice okay. and dark. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, it's track. not even that dark. It's you know it's just it's fine. Mississippi be my guide Take me along your winding way To 
nothing but the soul survives. Mississippi, be my guide. Southern shore will always receive river sands on a slow bleed, growing deep with the weather. Like a corner balcony, I can feel a breeze in and out. That's what calls us to a side. Mississippi, be my guide. Just below the waterline Ever changing as she sways You don't have to dig too deep to find The river's with us all the time Mississippi be my guide Mississippi be my guide Take me along your winding way So nothing but the soul will survive Mississippi be my So, well, that, that's what I was wondering. Is that what you got from that lyric? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Late to rest usually means something happens with someone who's dead, right? Yeah. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. So, late to rest again mm-hmm. means? Uh, I was thinking about it. Um, I think that song is particularly uh, uh, um, vague <laughs> on purpose, <laughs> but I think, I think okay. the idea there is the... Um, you start you start with a lot of descriptors and then you you edit down right so um, for me it was about uh, uh, the river being a, a mother figure and you know to be laid to rest again as if you were laid to rest as a baby and now this was the second time you would be laid to rest you know ah okay it's about comfort yeah I think so I think I think uh, if there was one uh, theme that I w- that I think I was trying to emote it would be the idea that 
perhaps the, the other side or, or death could be a more peaceful thing than we usually think of it and that the power of the river specifically uh, could be a good sign of just that you know to see such power and beauty that exists all the time will be here after we're long gone and just keeps doing what seems like the same thing today but if you looked at it on a longer span of time you would see her swaying and moving you know and I even called her her there you know right but uh it's it feels as living as anything else if you were to look at it over the span of of you know a hundred years or something well, I think a, a ri- the river, the Mississippi River, is that we're talking about. That yeah, yeah. It is totally alive. It's a whole, it's a whole world into itself, a, a flowing river. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's 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 a, the energy that just you know continues to move along and move forward and carry things. You know, whether we like it or not, we're being moved forward. You know, mm. one of the things that we as human beings want to kind of stay in that moment and miss the bigger picture that we're being carried forward, mm. you know? Yeah. And we can either fight it, you know, swim against it or swim with it. Right. And, and what is going to happen to us when we die? Oh, I haven't been there yet, but from the experiences and connecting with people um, or energies of people who have passed away, um, it is more peaceful. First off, no central nervous system, right? So mm. what rigs anxiety, what rigs fear, what rigs, you know, all of those things are, are the CNS pretty much. Does that, mean, does that mean the hellfire won't be as painful? Um, not seeing the hellfire. Never Great. have seen the hellfire. Perfect. You know, are never, there no feelings? There's that. no feelings in the afterlife? Um, there are. It's more, it is more thought-based, actually, than emotional. And part of, I think, the reason that we come here uh, and we sign up this is so that we can have an emotional experience Mm. and when I have been personally close to what I think is a state of grace or or connecting really really deeply to the other side the thing that grabs me the most is the feeling of tremendous gratitude that I have for every single thing that ever happened to me good bad painful happy joyous just like thank you Thank you for letting me experience this. And so I really believe that we as souls come here with knowledge that that's what we're going to do here. And then we get here and we're like, oh, you know, oh, there's another the, mistake. Shakespeare would say, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, gosh, a feeling, you know. And so we want to pick the ones that are the good ones, the bad ones, the valuable ones, you know, the ones that are comfortable, the ones that are not comfortable, when it's the whole package. And so I feel that when we get to the other side, um, we we know that again and we reunite with that self that said wow this is a great opportunity please sign me up yeah i want to do all this crazy stuff and you know? are, are we going to be ourselves when we die still i mean i still going to be myself and you're going to be yourself and i can run into andrew and somewhere I, and go well not the can same you way. believe those stupid fucking podcasts <laughs> <laughs> i think there i think that our personalities are beautiful that our individual personalities are are you know they are we are special little snowflakes every single one of us and i feel that that when we go back we still retain we that personality so but not were. but i think it joins a greater self mm. i think it rejo- i think it joins a greater personality but you know? I'm still going to be my individual self in this great beyond somewhere. Well, you, so this particular ego, this particular experience will exist continually as this particular, but you are, in my belief and in what I have connected with and the information that I have connected with, you are a splinter of a greater soul. So. Okay, so here's the big question. 
Are we all going to pay a price for terrible things that we did in this lifetime? Don't or, we? Or pay do we that get away price? with it? Don't we pay that price just by doing terrible things in this lifetime? I don't know. Um, I mean, my some feel people is do that, not pay a price. Well, I think that they do because I think that they don't get to experience the life that people who don't do those things. I mean, uh, there really is no free lunch. You cannot commit um, an act of unkindness without the ever changing your view of the world to think that the world is unkind and somebody's going to turn around and do you an unkindness. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, life is all about being positive and people who are positive just have a general better well-being because of that. You know, if you meet someone who's really rude to you, they're not rude to you because they're just like that. They're rude to you because they're struggling with something. Like, they're not feeling the same way you are. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, Any- uh, Oh, I was just going to say, any of you guys read that book, Many Lives, Many Masters, that, that thing? Oh, it's uh, just interesting yeah. because when, yeah. what, what you're, what when you're talking about, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it talks about the idea that our souls go on for many lives, and mm-hmm. this master's thing is more like a godlike entity, but not. More, more like uh, um, maybe entities that have been through exponentially more lives, lives than, than this person who is, it's a story about someone who's in a, a, a therapy um, mm-hmm. Psychotherapy uh, uh, and regression, uh, yeah, uh, and reincarnation. What's it called when you when you snap out of it, snap into it? Uh, uh, hypnosis. Hypnosis, yeah. right? Doing the yeah. hypnosis thing. Yeah. And uh, and she she comes up with all these lives Lifetimes. that she's that she's been before. Mm. Yep. Interesting read. I don't know. Oh but, no, uh, yeah, it is. I my personal feel about reincarnation is I think it's a little judgmental. I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an Eastern version of kind of heaven and hell. Like if you do this good thing here, yeah. you're going to come back as this prince here, right. and if you do this crappy thing here, you're going to mm. come back as a cockroach. Yeah. And I, from from what I get though, I think we are trying to become less judgmental. Yeah. And one of the things that is great about something like Buku, right, is that it brings together a lot of people consciously together in this kind of unified consciousness and Definitely. you know you see this we were talking right. yeah that was really nice in that context it was like buku became a religion it's like bukism i mean that's why we do it it's that moment at the end of the festival where you have nothing to worry about and you can go kind of see the last act play yeah and um just be in the moment for 10 or 15 minutes and really experience that it's very fulfilling and And reaffirming and connecting with so many people who are i mean we really i think are all on the same i think there's a big neural network that we're all kind of oh yeah music is the most universal drug it's crazy it connects people that would never in another another lifetime like get along you know Mm -hmm. and it connects them and that's why festivals are a great environment everyone's kind of on on the same page so Mm -hmm. definitely speaking of i have a question about edm uh specifically um you know, if you go to a rock show, there will be people in the front who are dancing, mm-hmm. you know, and then people in the back were just admiring, you know, and scratching their chins. Are there any chin scratchers at an EDM show? You'd be surprised. There's actually a lot of that. I know you can probably talk more about that. But, yeah, there's a whole demographic of, you know, 18-year-old kids who are going super hard mm-hmm. in the front row and then, like, older people in the back because there's, like, more room, obviously, in the back kind of mm-hmm. just, like, observing. Yeah. And I, I would explain that more, or, or to me, the, the people, the, the chin scratchers are just enjoying the technical nature of what's going on more than needing to be in, in it or part of it, you know. So I just thought that was 
that's interesting to me if people yeah because of course you're going to enjoy the technical nature of it right people want to know about Absolutely. what you're going to try to do with the dynamic of this part and that part especially me being a DJ when I see another DJ set I'm not saying yeah. the same thing that everyone else is so yeah. I'm more observing what they're doing than mm-hmm. enjoying the show totally and we can go listen to your music can we steal it off Spotify and uh, the usual SoundCloud. places I've, I've only on Spotify, SoundCloud but Sound- SoundCloud right now is my primary source of I music. looked at some stuff of yours on SoundCloud I cannot believe how many people listen to it uh, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's all you know, perspective. I, I think it's all right, but obviously I'm trying there's to. There's a on huge the next level. audience listening to this stuff of yours. There's, there's hundreds kind of, of <laughs> thousands of listens. It's monstrous. Yeah, a little. I mean, I'm I was shocked there. when I saw these. You know, like next to each little arrow, it says yeah, play. Like there's the, a number. It's like 52k, mm-hmm. 36. There's hundreds of thousands yeah, it's, of people. Yeah, it's cool you, to think that people all over the world. You yeah, see the SoundCloud have, stats too, and you see people from like Brazil and people from just the most random places. But like you have listening. a huge audience. Uh, for a young guy who's in college studying guess, philosophy uh, at Tulane, yeah. quite frankly. It's all right, yeah. <laughs> no, you're being very modest. It's true. It's really it's, it's good. I mean, it's huge. I, I got a while to go, but it's definitely kind of cool that people well, are I was impressed with those Thank numbers. So I'd, be, I'd love it if 52,000 people listened to some yeah, random thing cool. I put up on SoundCloud. <laughs> You've got to make that remix where you just I'm talk gonna do the, I'm going to talk <laughs> over that nightmare song. You can help me out with that, right? I got you. That's all right, it. okay. This is, uh, this is Max Chung from Crowns, and you can yes. find him at C-R-W-N-S. Correct. Don't put the O in there. Buku Festival has all the vowels in it, B-U-K-U. Spelled differently. It's spelled not like Buku in <laughs> French, but it still <laughs> says Buku, B-U-K-U. You can find that online if you listen to this and you want to go find it. It's Buku, the Buku Music Experience or something? It's thebukuproject.com. Thebukuproject.com, okay. And Carrie, where can we find you? At nolapsychic.com, I think. New Orleans Psychic. New Orleans, well, I got three yep. out of three wrong. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> New Orleans Psychic.com. Okay, cool. Guys, thank you so much. That's been Carrie Roy, Max Chung from Crowns, and Eddie Olsen from the Buku Festival, and of course, Andrew Horn back from being on the road. That's Happy Hour for another week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank the you. producer of our show is Graham DePonte. You're welcome. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director, and our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit around a table for about 60 minutes, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can find tons of other happy hours to listen to, as well as some other shows we make here. Out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live from Commander's Palace, true to the game. With the fabulous Chris True, Midnight Menu Plus one with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Choco Milo's music pilot with Kim Vu, and the new podcast called Death the Podcast with Dr. Arian Alfand. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can also find photos from this show on our website, itsneworleans.com, and on our Facebook page. Those photos are taken today by Alison Moon. If you listen to this show on iTunes or Stitcher or some other podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Do one thing. Stop right now. Take a moment to rate and review us. It just takes one second, and then helps other people find us. It does actually work. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they put fine dining into a sandwich, fine booze into a glass, and they've got a whole bunch of new food here as well as a great brunch on the weekends. Happy Hours, a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Graham DePonte, our producer, Andrew Duhon, my partner in crime in this lifetime and hopefully the next. Everyone around the table here at Wayfair and back at our INO office. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next time on Happy Hour. 